is the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message is from our weekend service right here at our campus located in downtown Brea, California. We hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. It is a unique night in uh, the world and a unique time for us. I'm glad you guys are finding seats. We're going to start a little differently tonight than we normally do if you're a regular attender here at Refinery. If you're a guest with us for the first time here tonight, welcome. We're glad you guys came out. We're glad our doors are open for you. Um, Yeah, right? Amen. Uh, again, my name's Kelly Fellows, and tonight on our tonight, who's going to lead us in our music and our time of worship and expressions is Michelle. Can you guys welcome Michelle? Uh, Stovers are still kind of recovering. Uh, we have a sick baby upstairs, and Christina Stover uh, gave birth to a baby. Just how old is uh, how old is uh, J- uh, Jackson? Jackson now. On oh, two days, so he's almost a month old. They've been uh, struggling with a couple of health issues, so uh, they're retired for the night, but we got Justin down here doing good. And I just wanted to kind of address some of the things that we got going on right now. But before we do that, I'm going to open us up in prayer. Thank you for being here tonight. My wife and I were saying, well, we don't know if anybody else is going to be here, but we'll be here, and uh, you're here too. So let me just open us up in prayer, and then we're going to have a conversation. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you that we have this this space, this safe space that we can come to. And uh, the Bible tells us where two or three are gathered in your name, you are there in our midst. God, you are here. Your presence is here. And in your presence, Lord God, is fullness of joy, peace, and healing. I pray and declare health and healing in this place here tonight. And Lord, we're going to continue to pray even later on. So I'm going to put a little comma here, God, and say we're going to continue this prayer in Jesus' name in just a little while. Amen. All right, well, everyone is aware, right? I mean, unless you've been living under a rock for the last three weeks, um, everybody is aware of the thing that's happening on a global basis, the COVID-19, commonly known as coronavirus. Uh, You don't get it from drinking Corona beers, though some people have thought that that was the case. I think stock in Corona has gone down because they're just not selling as much. But if you, put, if you squeeze lime on your face and you have the coronavirus, I think it helps. That's what I've heard. It, no. Too soon on that joke? I, I don't know. Okay, too soon. All right. I, I, oh well. Tyson, I did the lime joke, and it was too soon, okay? That's a Tyson Barron's joke, okay? Get in here, brother. Come on in here. All right, hey, I know I'm, I'm making light of it, but it is important for us to be able to laugh. I'm not laughing at anybody's situation, but I do want to lighten the mood a little bit. The virus is real. We know that. Um, it is a pandemic. But the concern that I have and others have is the hysteria and the panic are not, they're not proportional to, to this virus. It seems that it's out of control. It's overwhelming. Uh, I was talking with some folks tonight who said, man, they're at the grocery store and they went to get this and they went to get that and they went to buy meat and they weren't able to. And what that is, is that's because that's that's a reactionary uh, situation that people are reacting to. And uh, I've heard I've heard publicly that uh, the grocery providers are are working to stock things back up. We're not going to be without food. This is not the apocalypse. Uh, This is not the end of the world. But it feels like that in some instances, some of our jobs and some of the situations that we're in. 
Um, yesterday, I just want to help put this into perspective. Um, we have a preschool here. So as a result, I am, I am on the front lines of phone calls with the, the professionals, you know. And so yesterday we were on the, the phone with 900 child care providers and uh, the Department of Health, the Los Angeles Department of Health. And they said, as of right now, this was yesterday at 4 p.m., we have 40 cases in the L.A. County of reported cases of the coronavirus. There are, let's put it in perspective. There are 12 million people in the county of Los Angeles. There are 40 reported cases. I hope that helps you go, okay, take a deep breath. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. I haven't seen the kind of reaction in my entire lifetime. I remember when I was a kid, I remember, uh, for those of you who are old enough, um, remember when there was a gas shortage back in the 70s? And the, the, those, yeah, we got some older people, some young people go, what? Yeah, there was a gas shortage. And I can actually remember being a, a very small child and we had to go and get our cars in line and, and wait for an hour just so that we could fill up. And I remember there were certain days of the week we could go. Is that right for some of the older people? You remember that. Okay, I remember some of the panic that people had because if I don't have gas, I can't go to work. If I can't go to work, I can't pay my bills. So there was some panic there, right? And then there was 9-11. For those of you who are old enough to remember, back in 2001, uh, you know, we were attacked. And I can remember my in-laws, we, we were living in Colorado, and my in-laws were visiting us, and they couldn't get back to California. They were pastoring a church. And so there was, there was high concern. And I remember people went, they, they bought everything off the shelves. If you guys remember back then, you go to the store, man, they just, they wiped out water and toilet paper and, and t- paper towels. But within about a week, everything was stocked back up and everything was going well. So in my lifetime, that's what I've seen. But I haven't seen it, I haven't seen the panic as quickly as I've seen it this last week. And so, of course, I went before the Lord saying, Lord, how do we respond to this? How does the church respond to this? Many churches have actually um, uh, closed down their services this weekend um, because the governor of the state of California said any groups that are 250 or more, we recommend, they did not require, but they recommend that uh, you cancel or postpone your gatherings. Well, I thought, well, we're not 250. We have 80 to 100 people that meet with us every week, so we don't fall into that category. But larger churches who have the accessibility to do video, to do live stream, are promoting, maybe you've heard about that, they're promoting, hey, meet in a small group at home and watch the service online. And I'm really thankful for those churches that can do that. But I, I, I was feeling like we needed to meet together because there are gonna be people who need to come together in a safe environment where we take precautions to come together and pray because the church is supposed to be the place where you do come, where if you're feeling unsafe, you can come to a sanctuary. That's why this place used to be called a sanctuary, a place of safety. So I just really felt urged by the Lord, come together in my house. Come together in my house and bring the family together. Pray with them. And let's declare hope and peace and healing and wholeness over our country. And I was so thankful yesterday when I, when I saw some people posting what President Donald Trump tweeted yesterday, that tomorrow he is declaring it a national day of prayer and asking every American in his tweet, call out to God and invite God into our situation. I was so thankful that the leader of our country would do that. Amen. <laughs> And I don't care what you, what, what you think politically, you know, one side or the other of the aisle, but we're thankful that we have a leader that says, hey, let's pray. Let's pray. And it reinforced my feeling to say, we're going to gather together tonight. We're going to pray. We're going to worship God in faith. 
and pray and declare that God would be glorified and that this disease, this virus would stop, that peace and, 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 and hope would fill our country. And through this, that maybe people would be more unified rather than divided. That's what I want to be praying tonight. Um, we're a young church, and so we're not even set up technologically to do live streaming. So that kind of helped me with that. Well, we can't live stream. So if I were to close things down, it would just be close things down. And where would our congregation gather and meet? And I said, I, I can't do that. Plus, with our size and our location, it's a low risk. It's very, very low risk. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We're going to practice something, and then I'm going to share a few more things. I want us to stand up, and I want to figure out how are we going to be able to greet one another without shaking hands and without hugging. So I want everybody to stand up right now and figure out to the person next to you, how can we greet without hugging or shaking hands? Go ahead. Maybe some elbows. Maybe wave at them. You might want to tap feet. Um, yeah, wave, wave. That's a good wave. Oh, if you want to hug somebody, just hug yourself. Just look at somebody and just hug yourself and go, oh, I love you. I love you. Glad to see you. Glad to see you. All right, you can be seated again. One thing we decided we were going to do, and I'm going to talk about this in a little while. We stacked them up there in the back. Um, we want to be a church that helps meet people's needs. So if you need some toilet paper tonight, um, you can take a roll, brand new roll of toilet paper for free, no cost. I know they're selling for about $150 a roll outside of Walmart right now. So if you need to make a little money, take it, go in front of Walmart, do whatever you need to do. But we want to make sure if you need a roll of toilet paper, take one. And I'm going to talk about this in all seriousness. This isn't a joke per se. Uh, this is in all seriousness. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But you saw the toilet paper. We're going to do that. Um, I was intending to start a new series tonight. And uh, we can throw that up there on the screen really quickly, Emma. It's called Lost and Found. Uh, we're starting a new series tonight on the lost parables. And some people go, oh, there were some lost parables. Yes, there's some lost parables that are actually found in the book of Luke, chapter 14. Uh, AJ, go ahead and close that door, would you, bro? Thanks. This is our Saturday night visit from our fire department. They always like to come by, let us know they're there. There we go. Perfect timing. Um, I was going to start it, but I decided, you know, I'm going to postpone this till next week because I really wanted to spend time tonight having this conversation. Um, I, I thought we're going to deprogram our night, deproduce our night, make it a little more organic, a little more conversational. Um, so tonight, uh, that's what we're going to be doing and address the, the situation in the world. Um, there's concerns about health, rightly so. But I think probably more people or equally as many people who are concerned about their health are also concerned about their well-being economically. Um, I've already had conversations with many of you who are, who are looking at your jobs going, are they going to cut my hours? Uh, maybe some of you are already experiencing that. Uh, layoffs. And those, those, that's reality. Yes, we, we may never experience, and I pray in the name of Jesus, experience the coronavirus in your life. But the economics are hitting all of us. And so that's a reality, and that's what we need to be able to come to the Lord in, in, in response to that. Also, personal supplies. I know uh, I was talking with a, a lady um, last night. Uh, my family and I decided, well, we need to take a walk. It's raining. Where are we going to go? Uh, let's go walk around the mall. And I'm like, well, there might be thousands of people there. I don't know. 
there weren't any people there at the mall, so it was a nice, safe place to walk around. We went into um, we went into that Bath and Body, not Bath and Body Works. Yeah, Bath and Body Works, right? They sell soaps and lotions and smelly, smelly things, right? <laughs> Interestingly, you know they have a sink there you can wash your hands. Anybody familiar with that? There was a line at the sink. There was a line at the sink of people washing their hands, and they weren't just doing the. No, they were scrubbing like doctors, man. Everybody in line was scrubbing like doctors. I'm like, don't you have soap at home? And then when the line got lower, I went and washed my hands too. <laughs> Why not? Um, but I was talking to one of the employees there, and uh, she said, yeah, I'm, I'm a person that shops every few days. I don't stock up. I just buy what I need for that week. And so when I got off work, I ran to the store because I thought maybe I'm not going to get what I need. And she said, when I got there... I wasn't able to get very much. So she said, I was buying all sorts of stuff. These frozen dinners. I never have frozen dinners, but I'm buying frozen dinners. And she's buying all these things because she just needed to stock up. That's a reality, right? That's a reality. That causes stress and anxiety. So even if you're saying, I'm not operating in fear when it comes to the coronavirus, I'm taking all the precautions, etc. there is still natural stress that we're all encountering because this has affected every area of our society. And this can cause anxiety, it can cause worry, and in some instances, it can cause dread. I've personally been studying the current situation. And uh, literally on Wednesday, uh, my life was hijacked. Because as a pastor and a community leader, I went from the plans that we're making for Easter. We've got some physical things that we're doing here on the facility. You've probably seen we've taken down the fence. We're grading our back lot. We're getting ready for storage. My life was hijacked because now I've got to be aware of how do we manage this. And so I've been on the news. I've been getting emails and phone calls, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, constantly since Wednesday. And my stress level's gone up. And I've had to even manage my own spirit going, I don't want to freak out over this. I don't want to operate in fear. And so it's hard. I understand that. But the question I have, and this is one I want to propose to you, and I also want us to talk about is, how do we respond as a church? See, now everybody's going to freak out that Daniel just sneezed. <laughs> Y'all heard him sneeze. You probably never heard somebody sneeze before. But now we're thinking, Daniel, get out of here. AJ, could you please get the bacteria stuff and give him some so he can wash his hands? I mean, it's a new reality. I know, I know. Good job. You sneezed in your arm. Thank you, Daniel, very much over there. See, this? it's the reality we live in. Some people are going, oh, I'm really scared. It's okay. Relax. It's okay. How do we as a church respond to this? How do I as a person who follows Jesus and I've put my hope and my trust in the Lord? I've said, I believe you, Jesus, to protect my eternal life. That's what I've said when I said yes to Jesus. I believe that you are giving me eternal life. And then when we're faced with this, how do I react? How do I react? See, that's the question I'm throwing out to all of us. How do we respond as people who trust in the Lord? We've put our hope and trust in the Lord. And I know this. Here's what I know. My hope is not in the stock market. That's a roller coaster ride, so you can't put your hope in that. My hope is not in the healthcare system. These are great resources, and I'm so thankful for them. But that's not where my hope lies. My hope 
is in my ultimate source of hope is in the provision of God. And he's been my hope and my provision since I said yes to Jesus when I was 17 years old and I was ready to take my life. And I said, God, I give you my life because without you, I don't have a life. And he gave me a new life. He gave me eternal life, and he's going to watch out. And I read in his word, for those who trust in the Lord, they call him his, your strong tower, your resource, your, 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 your home. He says, for those who call, he will protect, he will be with you. And so I think, how do I respond and how do I react as a follower of Jesus Christ? I'm actually excited. I'm actually excited. I'm not excited for, the, for what people are going through who are sick. I'm not excited for what people are going through who are facing economic strain and uncertainty. That's not what I'm excited for. What I'm excited for is the opportunity we have. We, as followers of Jesus Christ, have an opportunity here because we have a hope residing in us that other people are going, I need hope, I'm scared, my future is uncertain. And you, as a follower of Jesus Christ, me as a follower of Jesus Christ, can say, my hope doesn't rest in this. And some are going to say, you're crazy. And I'm going to say, yeah, I'm crazy in love with Jesus. And that's where my hope is. I'm excited for the opportunity to be a, a source of hope and life, to speak words of life to people. I was so glad to get to talk to that lady last night and just be able to calm her fears. I talked with her for a few minutes, and I was just able to say, you know, this storm will pass too. This storm will pass too. And I watched her go, oh. No, she just relaxed a little bit because all she's hearing, all she's seeing is pandemonium and panic. But I was able to say, oh, you know, this will pass. This will pass. I don't know exactly when, but we'll know this will pass. I'm actually, I'm actually excited because I believe this, that God, is able to do far beyond what we can think or imagine. He is at work and he's not sitting up in heaven right now wringing his hands going, I don't know what to do here. I've never faced a pandemic before. No. God wants to do something. And I've read in the Bible, back in the book of Genesis, and I'm going to show you a few scriptures, but not just yet. Back in the book of Genesis, there was a group of people who meant evil for a young man named Joseph. They meant evil to come upon Joseph. And time went by, and Joseph prospered. And they got, in the book of Genesis chapter 50, Joseph looks at these men and said, you know, what you meant for evil, God used for good. Joseph had an understanding. He had 20-20 vision, which was hindsight. Then he could say, you know, that, that looked bad and you meant it for evil, but God turned it into good. See, God is able to take what the enemy means for evil and turn it around for good. Romans chapter 8, take a look at this passage of Scripture really quick here. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says this. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. We know that God causes everything to work out. Is that, are you saying, Pastor Kelly, that God caused the coronavirus? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, but God can work in and through this to bring people into saving relationship, to fill people with hope, to cause people to say, you know what, I need to call out to God. God can work these things out. He's the master chess. When the enemy moves a piece, God says, oh, no problem. He, 
God's already 10, ten paces ahead of that person, that, that enemy, and says, no, no, no I'm going to do this. We can come here tonight with an adjusted perspective. All week long, you watch the news, and more and more fear and anxiety rise up inside of you. I know, I, I've felt that too. And I have to push that down and go, okay, God, what do you say? I'm coming tonight with a new perspective to look to God, to look to my hope rather than the situation. I literally walked around here today from about 10 a.m. until you arrived praying for you. And I'm thinking about where people sit. Oftentimes people sit in the same place, so I prayed for you. That God would fill you with hope and peace and that your family would be healthy and be provided for. That's what we do. That's how we respond. We don't react. We respond. And when we look to him and his word, here's what happens. Despair is replaced with hope. And when we look to him and his word, fear is replaced with faith. Hope and faith is what our world needs right now. I know that COVID-19 is the concern. Rightly so. Our governmental leaders, our politicians, our, our authorities are working to contain so that it does not spread. And I'm thankful for that. But I believe the epidemic thing that is spreading like wildfire is fear. It's fear. It's stirred up in all of us. That's what's causing the economic spin out that we're experiencing. And I know some people, AJ and others, are in that industry very directly. Fear is the tactic of the enemy. Satan. His, tact, his job is out to steal, kill, and destroy your joy, your peace, your hope. And if he can do that economically, he will. But you don't let him. You stand on the promises of God. So we have an opportunity right now, right now, to stand in faith and hope in Jesus Christ and conquer fear. Conquer fear. And look at your situation and go, okay, God, this, this feels very stressful. And God goes, I know. I know. Bring your stress and anxiety to me and let me replace it with peace. Let me replace it with peace. So we're going to pray for tonight. We're going to take some time to worship and we're going to pray. We're going to pray, number one, that you would have peace in your home, that you would have provision in your home, in your finances, in your families. But then we're also going to pray for our community. We're going to pray for our nation. That through this that people would turn to God. I was so thankful that our president said, we are going to take a day and we've, we've put in all these strategies, but I'm asking Americans to turn to God. Thank God. Thank God, because that is where our hope lies. That's where our hope lies. I have a little message I'm going to give you and then we're going to get into worship. And I want to I give you a little message from the word. You can see we're changing things up tonight. I'm giving you the message first and then we're going to worship in response to God's word. I wrote a couple things down here. I actually had a, a word from the Lord early this morning. He woke me up and I'm gonna share that with you. But listen, whenever there's tragedy, whether it's a tornado, hurricane, earthquake, an attack from a foreign invader, disease, whenever that happens, 
we get the opportunity, the church, the body of Christ, I don't mean the building, the body of Christ, we get the opportunity to be the hands and feet of God, of Jesus, to bring hope. Isn't that right? Through the centuries, the church has been the one that has ran into the disaster and said, hey, we're going to be here. You guys have heard of the Salvation Army, right? Their job is to bring salvation and hope to men and women. And they do it by running into the disasters and setting up opportunities to feed, to clothe, to, to care for the sick and the downtrodden. We are the ones that have been able to bring resources, care, and hope to those in need. Now is the time for us to stand and be a generous people. The reason I brought the toilet paper here tonight is I wanted to practically say, if you need a roll of toilet paper, genuinely, take one. Take one. Because I want the church to be the place where people can come and go, I need a little something, and we can give you a little something. But if you don't need a roll of toilet paper, maybe take one and give one to somebody who does need it. I know it sounds simple, but it's very practical. Take that and let that be a reminder to you. How can I... Rather than cower in fear and begin to huddle up my family, how can I help? How can I be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ? I woke up this morning. That's what I was going to tell you. I woke up this morning. It was probably about 2 o'clock in the morning. And I went to the window because I heard some noise outside. And I looked out and the weather, you know, it's been raining for the last, what, three, four days. And I looked outside and I, I saw the big, huge clouds and breeze was blowing a little bit and my first thought was man this is a big storm it's and it, I looked at my my phone and I looked at the weather it's supposed to keep going till Wednesday oh man this is a big storm sorry I can see something you guys can't see the sun just the sun just came out as I begin to talk about this I said man this is a big storm God when's this going to pass the Holy Spirit began to stir in my heart. Yeah, Kelly, it is a big storm, but it will pass. And I knew in my heart, God wasn't talking about the clouds outside. He was talking about the storm that our world is facing right now. And I sensed the Holy Spirit say, just as you know, this storm is going to pass in Southern California. It will pass. This storm will pass too. It's a word from the Lord. You needed to hear this. You're here tonight, and I believe God wanted you to hear that. This storm will pass. And literally, as I'm talking to you and I'm looking out the glass windows, I'm seeing how the sun has popped out. God's just saying, see, I'm going to bring a break in the storm. I know some of you might go, oh, Pastor Kelly, that's, I mean, that's a stretch, isn't it? Well, when I look into Scripture, I'm going to give you an example of when there was a storm. And Jesus Christ himself said, Hold on. Be in faith. I'll take care of it. There was a time when Jesus' followers reacted in the same similar fashion that our American public is reacting right now. The followers of Jesus, the people, the, the people who saw Jesus miraculously feed thousands of people, the, the followers that saw Jesus heal the lame and the sick and the blind, these guys were all together in a boat at one point and a storm began to come up on their boat. And they freaked out. If they could, they would run to the store and they would buy rope and they would do everything they could to try to save themselves. They would buy all the toilet paper up because who knows, maybe that will absorb the water in the boat. I don't know. We'll buy up toilet paper. 
But that's what they would have done. Take a look. It's, it's very similar. Take a look. I'm Follow along with me on the screen. It's from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. It says this, as evening came, by the way, pause here. Jesus had been healing, been ministering all day. He was tired. The disciples had been helping. They were tired. And Jesus says, let's get in a boat. Let's go to the other side of the lake. He was looking for a little bit of a retreat to kind of rest a little bit. Take a look what it says. As evening came, Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So, They took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. Of course, other boats were going to follow. We'll see where Jesus is going. Verse 37. But soon, a fierce storm. Everybody say fierce storm. A fierce storm. Not just a little sprinkle. Not just a little drizzle. No, a fierce storm. Ever been in a little boat during a fierce storm? Anybody? Anybody had that experience? Gil, I know you probably have, haven't you? out in the ocean outside of Newport Beach. It's scary, isn't it? It is scary. Well, these guys weren't in a big luxury liner. They were in a small fishing boat. It says, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. If only they had toilet paper to fill. They could have soaked up that water. Jesus, he was tired, remember, was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Pause there for a second. There are Christians in the world right now who are going, where's God in all this? Where's God? Where's God in all this? There's a disease out here and economy is is struggling and, and, and my job is on the line. Where is God? Right? That's understandable. Even these disciples were saying, what the heck? Take a look. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? We're going to die. Don't you care, Jesus? There are people in the world right now saying, God, don't you care? We're going to die. We're going to die. These guys were scared. They were filled with fear, just like much of our population is right now. Look what Jesus does. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked. Pause there. He rebuked what? He didn't rebuke the guys. He didn't rebuke the guys. What's wrong with you guys? Idiots, I'm here. What's your problem? Calm down. But he didn't do that. He stood up. He saw they were filled with fear. And I love the compassion of Jesus. He calms the waves. He calms the storm. Take a look what it says. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm pause there. Tonight we're going to pray. Tonight we're going to pray during our time of worship that God would calm the storm called COVID-19. Calm the storm of panic that is causing our economy to go down. We're going to pray. and We're going to call out to God and I believe God is going to calm this. There are churches around the world that are praying over this. We've been called to pray as a nation and I believe God will move in the same way that Jesus did. But let's not miss what Jesus goes on to say. Now, after the calming happens, verse 40 says, Then he asked them, didn't rebuke them. He asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? 
See, Jesus wants us to have faith in the midst of the storm. He'll, he'll go to work on the storm, but he wants us to operate when we're in the midst of a storm like we're in right now, to operate with faith and not be afraid because we've put our trust and hope in him so we don't have to operate in fear. We can operate with faith. That's what sets us apart from the average human being. Faith and hope. And then finally, verse 41. They turn to each other and go, man, who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. See, they still didn't get the fact that God is in charge. And he will go to work on the storms when we cry out to him. That's what we're going to do tonight. We're gonna, I want you to leave here filled with faith, knowing that God is at work. God is at work. I'm gonna, we're going to move into a time of worship, but there was one more thing that I felt the Lord wanted me to share with you. That was the storm portion. I got that this morning at 2 o'clock in the morning. Aren't you glad your pastor hears from God at 2 o'clock in the morning for you? You don't have to wake up at 2 in the morning. God will wake me up for you. How's that sound? And they don't pay me enough to wake up at 2 in the morning, I'll tell you. Sorry, God. There was one other time the disciples were filled with, filled with fear, not feared with fill. They were filled with fear... This was getting to the end of Jesus' time here on earth. And some of you are going, wow, Pastor Kelly, this is a different format. Yeah, we just jumped into the deep end tonight. The disciples knew that Jesus was about to go and be offered over and arrested. He was leaving them. And this began to fill the disciples with fear again. They began to get scared going, wait a minute, you're going to leave? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Who's going to calm the storms? Who's going to be there for us? When we're hungry, who's going to provide for us? I mean, they were starting to get filled with fear. When they're in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, Jesus gathers his guys together. And in verse 1, he starts by saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. Okay? And then he goes on to talk about what was going to happen. And then down in verse 15, take a look. Verse 15, he says this. If you love me, Obey my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Okay, so Jesus was there on the earth with these followers, and Jesus was advocating for them in the midst of the storms. And these disciples knew that Jesus was getting ready to go, and they're going, who's going to calm the storms? Who's going to provide for us when we're hungry? And he says, I'm going to provide, give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. Who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. Why are people panicking? Because many do not know the Holy Spirit and so they only are filled with fear and dread. But you, it says, know him because he lives within you and lives within you now and later will be with you. See, the Holy Spirit of God is what dwells inside of us when we say yes to Jesus. And we say, God, fill us to overflowing with the, with the power of your Holy Spirit so that I can have faith instead of fear, joy instead of despair. And God says, he'll be there for you. He'll be there with you. You won't be alone. The Holy Spirit promises to be there with you. The Holy Spirit that Jesus promised is not a spirit of fear, 
not a spirit of timidity, not a spirit of cowardness, but take a look what this scripture says in 2 Timothy chapter 1. What does it say? Let's all read this together. Ready, begin. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That Holy Spirit of God is there not to give, not to allow you walking in fear or timidity or cowardness, but with power, power to be able to stand up. Love, knowing that you are loved and that you can love and a sound mind. Oh God, thank you for a sound mind because in the middle of the night when, when the thoughts begin to roll around in my head of how are we gonna do this, how are we gonna pay for that, Holy Spirit, fill me up and replace that fear with faith. Replace that despair with confidence and joy in Jesus' name. That's the spirit that God gives us so we can lift up our heads. We can lift up our heads. We can be filled with joy and peace, amen? I hope you are feeling encouraged because that's what the word of God is supposed to do. And so Lord, in the name of Jesus, join with me, would you? Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for salvation and deliverance from the storm of fear upon my neighbors right now, to my left and to my right. Think of folks right now who are consumed with fear In the name of Jesus, deliver them from this storm. Calm their hearts right now. I pray that across, sweeping across our nation and sweeping across this world right now, the peace of your Holy Spirit would move and that men and women would acknowledge and know there's a peace, a supernatural peace from you, O Lord God, that is calming our hearts, that they would see your deliverance in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I pray for congregations around the world that are meeting tonight and tomorrow, whether they're in homes, whether they're in gatherings like this, that God salvation would take place in those gatherings. Men and women would call out to you and say, God, save me in Jesus' name. Come on, join with me in prayer. Let's unite our hearts in prayer right now. We call out to you, O Lord God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And finally, I want to pray. I want to pray for wisdom for our our governmental authorities, our healthcare workers, our president, our governors, our senators, and our congressmen and women, that God, you would give them wisdom. Join with me, would you? God, give our authorities wisdom. Pray Pray for those people that you know by name that you can pray for right now. Lord, I pray for Governor Newsom right now, the governor of California, that God, you would give him supernatural wisdom and those men and women that surround him and advise him, that you would give them wisdom. Bring men and women into his life who are led by the Holy Spirit that would speak wise counsel to him in Jesus' name. To our president, Lord, I pray for President Trump, the Vice President Pence, the the Congress, the Senate on both sides of the aisle, that God, you would bring unity and that there would be wisdom, not division in Jesus' name. And that God, your Holy Spirit, would rise up and that men and women, even tomorrow at our National Day of Prayer, would call out to you and that men and women would see your deliverance in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, that there would be no doubt that there would be an evident move of your spirit upon our nation in Jesus' name. Come on, join with me and agree with that prayer. We agree together in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that the fervent prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. Our prayer is powerful. There is work that is happening right now in the spirit realm 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for the work you're doing. Thank you for this Holy Spirit moment right now. Lord, I pray for health and wholeness over families. Even now in my own mind, I'm thinking about the Stover family. I declare health over their household in Jesus' name. Health and deliverance and healing in the name of Jesus Christ. For those that aren't here tonight because they're feeling under the weather, I, I think about uh, 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 the Barry family, the kids, some of the kids were feeling under the weather. I pray for health and healing in Jesus' name over their family. And right now, I don't know everybody's need, but if you have a, a sickness in your family or friends right now, would you just pray over them that God would heal them? God, do a healing work in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And we say the word amen, which means so be it. And in faith, Lord God, we believe that you hear these prayers and that you answer these prayers and you do your work according to your will and purpose. And I'm gonna pray like Jesus prayed. Father in heaven, you are holy, you are righteous. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us this day our daily bread and deliver us from evil. Lord God, we thank you for what you're doing here. Deliver us from this evil sickness in Jesus' name. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Give somebody an elbow bump there, uh, a fist bump, and say, God is good. I think we're good tonight. We're good. We're good. There's something I want to wrap up here because I'm a super. Did you appreciate the band leading tonight? Tell them. I'm... Michelle, we want Michelle to come back, don't we? Yeah, Michelle, you can come back. And her boyfriend's back there in the back, Michael. We, we'll, we'll take him too. Michael, you can come up. There he is right there in the front. You can come back too. Hey, I want to give you guys something practical before we leave here tonight. Isn't this good? This is, what we're, this is why we gathered. And I know this can happen in homes, and I'm not putting that down, but I'm, there's something about gathering together and worshiping together like this. I'm so thankful for this. I don't have somebody on the keys and on the guitar and on the bass and the drums at my house. <laughs> so I'm thankful for you guys. Um, I want to close with this. I want to give you guys something practical. Jump on there if you don't mind, Michelle. I like having a soundtrack. Okay. What do we do from here? Where do we go? Because this week you're going to be barraged. You know, I, I was talking to my friend Ryan here. Uh, Ryan works in the healthcare world. He, he builds hospitals. And literally, he was just telling me um, before the service, he was saying, yeah, you know, we're going crazy. We're trying to figure out how we're going to accommodate everybody. Building tents and things like that. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for Ryan, the strength over his team and over his people, that they're able to accomplish all that they need to do. But all of us are going to be facing challenges this week when we listen to the news and fear is going to try to rise up and you're going to start to get worried and you don't know. I want to give you three very, very practical things that you can do this week to help calm the storm of fear. I'm a practical guy and I, I need something to go home with. And I want to take a look. Here's number one. Take a look. Number one, limit media. Yeah, you can applaud that one. Come on. I'm not saying bury your head in the sand like some ostrich and go, yeah, I just don't want to hear about anything. No. Limit your amount. Don't be, don't consume, because you know, that's, that's what it is now. It's, it's, it's entertainment, so they're going to look for ways to get you to consume the news. 
Limit your time with media, please. Social media, oh my goodness. I was flipping through Instagram today and hearing these wackos that were saying, well, you know, this is the end of the world and they're doing all these different things. I'm like, my gosh, that's just stirring up fear inside of me. I don't need to be following that right now. So limit your amount of media. Um, Listen, the eyes and the ears are the gateway of your soul. The things that you let in there, the things that you let in your ears are gonna settle in there. And they're going to stir some things up in there. I believe some of the reasons why that we're experiencing fear in our society like we've never experienced before is because we're a generation that has consumed uh, zombie movies, apocalyptic movies, doomsday movies. We've played video games where the world comes to the end and I'm going to shoot and destroy every zombie that I can. We've been consuming that since we were little kids. And so when something like that begins to happen, what do we start to do? Oh my gosh, buy all the toilet paper that you can. I don't know, maybe this helps with zombies. I don't know what it does, but, well, I do know what it does. (laughs) But limit the amount of media so that it it doesn't consume you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The way to build up faith is to get into God's word and allow his promises to fill your heart versus the news to fill your heart with fear. So you need to limit that. You need to limit that. Replace the media time. I I would recommend this. Replace the media time with some Bible time. You know, we we do a Bible reading plan here at Refinery. If you don't know, you can get a journal in the back. We have them available. And instead of media time where you're going, well, I got to find out what's happening in the world, open up your Bible. Find the reading plan for the day and go, you know what, I'm going to read the book of Ephesians today. I need to read a psalm. Go to the books of Psalms and read a psalm. Here, if you don't know what to read, read Psalm chapter 91 over and over and over again until it is stuck in your head like that song that never ends. You know which one? Baby Shark? See, it's already in your head, isn't it? Well, let Psalm 91 replace Baby Shark and let that be the thing that's rolling around in your head. When you wake up in the middle of the night, Psalm 91 is playing in your head versus Fox News or CNN or whichever side of the aisle you want to watch. Okay? That's the first one. Number two, meditate. Now, I'm not talking about some Eastern mystical religion kind of meditation where you, where you chant. What meditation is is primarily about focus and repetition. Focus and repetition. We all focus on something. And the thing that we focus on is usually the direction that we go. We learn that when we're driving, right? They tell you to look where you want to go, and your hands and your body will follow. When my daughter Emma was very little, she's a kind of a carefree spirit. She likes to kind of go, oh, what's over there? And she was the, the very curious one. From the time she was an infant, you know, she had to see what was happening in the world. That would make her satisfied. So I would be walking with her, and she would get her eye on something, and off she would wander, even, you know, when she just first started walking. So I learned very early on, I had to put my head, my hand on her head and kind of turn her the way we would want to go, because I knew that it, wherever she looked, she would go that direction. Our focus, our focus dictates our direction. So what are you focusing on? I want to encourage you. Take some faith passages from the Bible, okay? And you can find them. You can go to the the Bible app, and you can simply search for, you know, in the Bible app, just say faith scriptures, and it will pull up scriptures that specifically speak to building your faith. 
Okay, and when you do that, meditate on those. Let that be your focus and you'll be filled with faith. So that's the second way. So the first is how to calm the storm, limit media. The second is meditate on those faith scriptures. The Bible says in Philippians chapter four, verses six through nine, to if there's anything good, if there's anything pure, if there's anything of good report, if there's anything of praise, if there's anything of virtue, think on these things. So let's put our mind and our focus on the things of God. And number three, take a look at this as we close. Limit media, meditate, and use the most powerful muscle in your body, the tongue, to speak life. Why is that the most powerful? Someone would say, well, your heart is the most powerful. No, you know, your, your, your calves. Your, no, I think the most powerful muscle in your body is the tongue. Because the Bible says in Proverbs, right there, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, the Bible says that the power of life and death is in your tongue right? I could literally come and cuss you out. I could demean you. I could belittle you and you would feel horrible and I never would have laid a finger on you. That's how powerful this this muscle is. Or I can come to you and I can speak words of encouragement and life. I can say how how beautiful your hair looks or, or Alex, how beautiful your bald head looks. Brother, I can speak words of life and build you up and encourage you. I have power in my tongue. So choose, if you want to calm the storm, choose to be the person who speaks life. You know, you go to work and, oh my gosh, did you hear? And oh my gosh, this person said this and this person, and did you read Trump's tweet? What an idiot. You know, and going on and on and on and on. And you, just start, you just start speaking these words out of your mouth. I, I want to encourage you. Use words of life. Be a people that speaks words of life. So how can you calm the storm? Limit media. Meditate. Focus on those things of God. And thirdly, speak life. Turn to somebody and say, speak life. Speak life. Let's close our time in prayer. Ah, Lord God, thank you for this gathering. Thank you for the freedom that we have still to gather in your name. And in this gathering, we are gathered. You are present. I sensed your presence here tonight. I know you are working and moving in these families' hearts and minds and lives and bodies and and jobs. And with your heads bowed and your eyes closed and nobody looking around, I just need to ask you, if you came in here tonight and you were looking for hope and salvation and you've never said yes to Jesus, tonight is your night to say yes to Jesus, the author and the finisher of faith the one who brings hope. He died on a cross to pay for your sins so that you could know eternal life. And the Bible says that if we'll say yes to Jesus, if we'll confess him as our Lord, then he will save us. So if that's you here tonight, you're saying, I want to say yes to Jesus. You just slip up your hand and say, I want to say yes to Jesus tonight. I want to make Jesus my Lord and my Savior. I need hope in this storm. If that's you here tonight, let's just we just want to pray with you. Just lift up your hand and put it right back down. Anybody? Anyone? Well, thank you, Lord God, for every man and woman in here who knows you as Savior. And I pray that this week they will experience supernatural joy, supernatural peace in the midst of this storm. And we know, Lord God, that you are going to calm this storm very soon. Jesus' name. Can we all say amen? Amen, amen, amen. Hey, we don't have any food tonight because we said we're going to go ahead and, and kind of cancel the food here for tonight. So we're not going to be hanging out, having food, but there's still time to hang out. I want to give you just a couple of announcements before I release you. 
Um, first off, tomorrow, not, not, not tomorrow night, Monday night, right here in this auditorium at 7 p.m., we're having a time of prayer. Pastors Alvaro and Zoraida Mora are host our time of prayer. If you need prayer or you want to pray for someone or something, we want to invite you here. The room will be open and there'll be a time to pray. Um, as of right now, Saturday nights are going to continue, all right? But if for some reason we have to cancel the service, and at this point I don't see a reason why, but if we had to, the way we communicate is through social media, through our Instagram, through our Facebook, through our text messages. This week you probably got a lot of text messages. I know some of you are going, why the heck do you text so much? Well, stuff's going on. That's how we communicate. So through our text messages and through our emails. If you don't get any emails and you don't get any text messages, we need your contact information. So look in the seatbacks in front of you. There's a contact card. Please take a minute, fill it out, drop it in the R box on the back. That's our refinery offering box. Drop it in there so we can send you the updates of what's happening. I would hate for you to show up next Saturday and for some reason we had to close the service. We are working to not close the service and at this point, we are gonna continue to meet. As a matter of fact, we're gearing up for Easter. Easter is one month away from this weekend. Isn't that exciting? Come on, Easter's coming. I'm not, I'm not surprised about the timing of these churches and things because they're all, they're all struggling right now going, what are we going to do for Easter? What are we going to do for Easter? Well, our plan is to be here Easter Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Invite a friend. We're going to pack this place out. Um, my prayer and hope is that the, the COVID virus is down and that people's spirits are lifted up this Easter. Uh, resurrection, new life. Um, if any changes happen, we'll let you know through social media. Um, continue to cut, trust God with your finances. This is not the time to start going, well, I'm just not going to trust God anymore. I've just got to hold on to my finances. i got to hoard my finances. i got to hoard toilet paper. i got to hoard meat. i got to hoard everything else in. No, we want to be generous people. So we're going to be people that continue to give. And we want to look for ways to give. And we do give through our tithes and offerings every single week. And I want to encourage you to continue to be faithful givers and put your trust in the Lord. There's three ways to give. We'll put it up there on the screen. Most of us know how to do that. We give through, we can give through our text messaging. You can just simply uh, text give to that number. You give online. That's one of the main ways that people give is via online. Or you can use the envelopes there in the seat backs in front of you. Give the traditional way. Drop it in the R box in the back. All right, why don't you stand up? If anybody needs a roll of toilet paper, we want to invite you to take one with you. Uh, we've got some back there for you. We will have toilet paper here again next week, so make this last for a whole week, okay? We love you guys. Be faith-filled. Remember, the storm will pass. Turn to somebody and say, the storm will pass. God bless you guys. We'll see you next Saturday. For more information about Refinery Church, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at We Are Refinery. If these messages have blessed you, please consider supporting the ministry by visiting our website at wearerefinery.com give.